The battle with China intensifies. The United States welcomes the UN into criticize us and the way we do things. And should the Emmys have their own congressional category? This is the Joe Bob Show, and it starts right now. Two, one. A dingy little bunker, completely cut off from the outside world, except for you fine folks. This is the Joe Bob Show. My name is Joe Bob. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've got a, several interesting topics today. Uh, China, obviously, we're at a pretty much Cold War-like tensions with them, and that is escalating uh, to an extent. But we are fighting back in a way that is both bipartisan and probably good for the country. Uh, in addition to that, the Secretary of State has Anthony Blinken, A. Blinken, not to be confused with A. Blinken, but A. Blinken, has welcomed with open arms uh, the UN's Human Rights Council to come and do a review of the United States, basically saying, hey, UN, go on and come on in and go ahead and criticize us with whatever you feel like uh, criticizing us with. But we'll get to a little bit more of that in a second. First, I want to tell you about our sponsors for the day, capitalistpropaganda.us. Now, I understand the idea behind propaganda. That's a, that's a bad thing, yeah. Well, capitalist propaganda is a bad thing if you're AOC, but for the rest of us, apparently we have to lean into it because for some reason, we're now forced to defend capitalism, which is, is crazy to think about, but it is the situation that we are currently in. So capitalist propaganda is a a hilarious uh, website that you can buy all of your capitalist propaganda gear. This one is <laughs> capitalist propaganda, how to stop the empire uh, with capitalist propaganda. You're welcome. Love capitalism because of course, everything we do and everything we have is because of capitalism. This one's probably my favorite. Go ahead. Use your iPhone to tweet about how much you hate me. <laughs> um, and there's a bunch of other cool designs. Capitalistpropaganda.us. Uh, interestingly enough, they're, they're pretty pretty cheap too. Some people selling shirts here for thirty five dollars. Um, not capitalist propaganda. Capitalist propaganda is not thirty five bucks. Not not even twenty five bucks. Fifteen ninety nine is generally what uh, the price is. So head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us. Uh, support our sponsors and help spread capitalist propaganda. Tell your friends their socialist ideas. Totally suck by what you wear. Capitalistpropaganda.us. So what we want to get into first is something that is so indicative of where we are as a nation right now. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, um, and this is from the uh, Wall Street Journal's editorial board, but Blinken invites the UN to investigate America. Basically, we're at a place right now that we're just going to let anybody come in and say whatever they want about us and say that's okay. Which, from a free speech standpoint, I understand that. Anybody should be able to say anything. But to invite an outside group, whoever it is, UN, anybody else, to come in and basically say, please criticize us, is a weird thing for a superpower to do. Nevertheless, we're doing it. The announcement follows the UN Human Rights decision this week to form a three-year panel to investigate 
systematic racism against Africans and people of African descent by law enforcement ostensibly around the world, but really aimed at the U.S. Okay, so we have to stop there first. Um, the whole systematic racism thing is a difficult topic to, one, talk about, but also to justify. Um, one of the things that stands out to me here is that they're also talking about Africans. Now, if you look at statistics around various groups of people, and I don't like clumping groups of people into one another. I just don't think that's the best way to handle uh, groups of people. I don't think party uh, part, uh, political maneuvers to group people and individuals together is a good thing. Um, but nevertheless, that's where we are. But they say Africans and African descent. Africans, people from Uganda, people from the Congo, Nigeria, anybody who makes it over here, I don't know if you know this, but they have a much, much better outcome when it comes to their occupation, the amount of effort that they put in. And there's people from Africa coming to the United States have a very, very different uh, destination than a lot of the other minorities that were born here and raised here. And this is, this is true for pretty much every immigrant um, from wherever they are. The first generation immigrants tend to come to the United States and do very well. And the second generation immigrants understand where their parents came from and also do very, very well. Um, so it, it's interesting to me that they, they point out Africans and people of African descent. Now, what they're meaning is African-American people. Uh, they want to study the systematic racism that exists against African-American people. The UN wants to do this. Um, Mr. Blinken rightfully says, great nations such as ours do not hide from our shortcomings. Yes, but they go on. But the U.S. does not hide from its shortcomings. All across America, citizens and legislatures are debating policy, which is 100% true. While the Minneapolis cop responsible for George Floyd's death was convicted of murder and sentenced to more than 22 years in prison. So basically what they're saying is we already criticize ourselves enough. We don't necessarily need another group from an outside source coming in and telling us we're doing a bad job because we already do a pretty good job at holding ourselves accountable. Um, <clears throat> what's also interesting is this panel is being put together by the UN's Human Rights Council, who has members including China, Cuba, Russia, all members of the UN's Human Rights Council, that's borderline hilarious. China, they go on to say in the article, uh, is committing genocide against Uyghur, the Uyghur minorities. Cubans are risking their lives to claim their freedom. And when M Moscow jailed a man recently for walking around the Red Square in a t-shirt saying freedom for Navalny. Now, if you remember, Alexei Navalny is one of Putin's uh, biggest critics. He's been jailed several times. Putin allegedly uh, tried to kill him, I believe when he was in Germany, um, poisoned the guy. Um, and some guy got arrested in Moscow for wearing a shirt that says free Navalny, um, which is crazy. That's, it's a crazy thing to think about when you're an American citizen and you're 
allowed to criticize anyone and everyone um, so long as you're not threatening or inflicting harm on that person. Um, free speech is, a, is free speech here. We're, we're allowed to say what we want about anything or anyone we want to, um, which is not true in all of these other countries. However, they're still on the Human Rights Commission. Russia is on the Human Rights uh, Council for the UN. So is China, which, like they mentioned, they have Uyghur Muslims uh, in internment camps. Some people say up to a million of them in the Xinjiang province uh, who are basically slaves. China has slaves working in their country and is also on the Human Rights Council. Cuba is also, Cuba's been in the news quite a bit. They have protests going on to promote freedom, which is a whole other conversation in and of itself. There was a, a pretty famous um, thing that happened the other day when uh, a, I don't even know if you call her a dissident, just a, a YouTuber was doing a live interview in Cuba and she got whisked away uh, during the interview for speaking out against the communist Cuban regime. Um, side note, doesn't have anything to do with this story. Interestingly quiet, uh, Bernie and AOC and the squad have been. Uh, they're a communism slash socialist utopia. Cuba is uh, not doing so well, and for some reason, they're not speaking out about, uh, against it nearly as much as uh, the rest of the congressional individuals are. Um, but nevertheless, uh, this is a, the Wall Street Journal goes out and points out that uh, Ronald Reagan used to like to tell a story that... <laughs> Uh, an American was free to yell to hell with Ronald Reagan. And uh, a Russian said, I have the same freedom. I can stand outside the Kremlin and say to hell with Ronald Reagan too. Um, which is just a funny side. I probably butchered the joke and I'll probably find a clip later on and post it that uh, Ronald Reagan delivers the joke uh, much better. Um, but they finish off the article saying American democracy is more than capable of dealing with its challenges at home. If Mr. Blinken wants to fight racism and human rights abuses, he'd better he'd do better to remind the world that the t the test is not whether governments are accountable to the UN investigators, but whether or not they are accountable to their own people. And it, obviously, the United States does have shortcomings. Nobody's denying that. We're not a perfect country and we'll, we never will be. However, we do as good of a job, if not better, than every country on the planet at holding ourselves accountable. We do so by elections. We do so by the free press. Um, and our constitution is set up in such a way that we can do that. So the idea and the fact that the UN, particularly these specific countries, China, Cuba, Russia, from the UN are going to criticize us on what we're doing internally is almost laughable. Uh, and I wish that Secretary Blinken would be a little bit more forward in saying, hey, this is ridiculous. We're, we, we can face our own issues and we don't need Russia and China getting any sort of a platform to criticize us specifically. Um, but such as politics uh, and Anthony Blinken in uh, 
even though he's not an elected individual, is uh, in the political world and has to do what he has to do to save face with his constituent or his party, uh, so to speak. Um, you know who else also has to <laughs> do a lot to save face with their party, uh, and this is this is pretty. This is a pretty funny headline and a pretty funny thing to point out. Uh, Time Magazine, who I often very much disagree with, Time had an interesting uh, headline I, I posted earlier. Uh, it, it said, let me pull it up really quick, is it was just comical. Uh, Time had a headline that said, City Heat is worse if you're not rich or white. The world's first heat officer wants to change that. First of all, what is a heat officer? <laughs> that's a that's a new thing that I I don't know what a heat officer is, but apparently it's uh, the heat is not as bad if you're rich and white. Um, I don't know why you have to throw white in there. Uh, the heat if you're rich and you can afford to run your air conditioning all the time, that the heat doesn't really bother you all that much. But uh, basically, throwing the uh, whole race component in there. Um, apparently, the weather is also now racist. And uh, anyways, we got off track. Time Magazine uh, put out a pretty hilarious headline. The article itself is ridiculous. Uh, they, they go into a whole different rant, but uh, the, the headline is why Congress deserves its own Emmy, which is objectively funny. Whether or not you agree with the piece, the headline is objectively funny. Um, we all remember uh, Governor Cuomo in New York uh, received an Emmy for his COVID press release or uh, press briefings last year. Turns out he was lying about everything. So that's a whole different thing. I, I'm not entirely sure if the Emmy uh, group <laughs> rescinded that award, but nevertheless, uh, the Emmys have dabbled in politics and yeah, maybe they should be a little bit more involved and they should get congressional individuals Emmys for their performances on TV. And, and when I say performances, I really do mean performances. Now, we see pundits and talking heads all the time uh, on, on both sides, really. Uh, but it tends to get a little bit more dramatic on the left. Um, you've got your Maddows, your Chris Cuomo, um, your, your Chris Matthews, all of these big shot Joe, uh, Morning Joe, all of these guys uh, are pretty dramatic on TV, and there's no way they actually are that dramatic in real life. It's it's all it's all a show. Uh, but then that started seeping into legitimate, uh, more legitimate government individuals. You saw James Clapper, James Comey, John Brennan. A lot of those guys were also getting pretty uh, pretty dramatic on the TV, whether or not they were telling the truth. And often cases they were not. Um, but then it seeped into Congressional members, members of Congress, uh, Adam Schiff, we saw for the last four years decrying the Russian collusion hoax that he was so, so into for all of that time. Turns out all that was completely made up. So basically, Adam Schiff, pretty good actor. He was able to sit there on camera and be moved almost to tears over Something that he knew was completely fabricated, uh, specifically for political purposes. Same thing with Eric Swalwell, AOC, The Squad. All of these members of Congress do this constantly. Uh, they're actually really good actors. And so the headline itself that says, should uh, the Emmys have their own congressional category, it is beyond hilarious because 
Yeah, maybe they should. Maybe we should start giving out Emmys to uh, politicians, Congress people who just lie through their teeth, but do it in such a convincing manner that uh, it deserves an award. Um, the article itself went on to talk about uh, Joe Manchin, which is uh, just another tangent. Uh, Joe Manchin, senator, um, and uh, Kristen Sinema, senator from Arizona. Uh, those guys are like the linchpins of American democracy at the moment. Um, had Republicans won just one, just one of those Georgia seats, just, just one, uh, we wouldn't be in the position that we're in. But... Um, the article is pretty much pointing out the fact that we can't really read Joe Manchin, can't really read Kristen Cinema, because Joe Manchin is probably uh, the biggest, most widely known Democrat that can still get elected in Trump country. He's in West Virginia, uh, very Trumpy state, but Joe Manchin is known to be a, a pretty big moderate, um, common sense guy. Uh, and so his objective is to maintain um, people in the Democratic Party on his side, but also not get sucked into the crazy left wing of his party. He, he's not an AOC. He's not a Rashida Tlaib. He's not an Ilhan Omar. Uh, he's a actually pretty centered guy. Um, but the article is basically saying that Joe Manchin is, should <laughs> basically deserves an Emmy because he's been able to kind of appease both sides, which is a difficult thing to do. It's, it's difficult to appease the Democrat side um, especially when it contains your your radicals, your Bernies, your AOCs, your Elizabeth Warrens, all of them, uh, while also maintaining some pretty good poll numbers in West Virginia, which again is a very Trumpy state. Same thing goes for Kristen Cinema, um, Arizona. Generally speaking, uh, pretty red state, despite the twenty twenty presidential election. Um, Arizona, predominantly a Republican state. God, Dang it, Trump should not have bad mouth John McCain. But uh, Kristen Sinema is in the same kind of boat. She's trying to uh, keep the Democrats happy, but at the same time knows that you know she can't go full to the left um, because the state will just will just murder her in the next election. Um, but anyways, hilarious headline. Should the Emmys have a congressional category? I think they totally should. Uh, and we should 100% start giving awards out for um, <laughs> congressional performances in the media and on the floor of Congress. I think that would be hilarious. Um, China, uh, we talked about China a little earlier. They're on the Human Rights Council for the UN that's going to criticize the United States about systematic racism, which is an insane thing, but nevertheless, it's happening. Um, but China also, we're in a pretty heated contentious Cold War style relationship with China and the U.S. is fighting back and we're fighting back in some pretty interesting ways and all of those ways are coming up in just a second. I want to tell you now about capitalist propaganda. We mentioned them in the beginning of the show. Capitalist propaganda is not a bad term unless you're AOC. It's basically the idea that we need to promote capitalism. Unfortunately, we have to argue for capitalism. We figured this was gone. Like in the 60s, we we're all right. We're a capitalist nation. Capitalism is obviously and objectively the best way to govern a society. No questions asked. It, it's just objectively better. However, we still have to make those arguments. So capitalist propaganda is helping you do just that with all of their hilarious t-shirts and uh, attire. They have stickers 
Um, they've got capitalist propaganda, only you can defeat the empire by spreading capitalist propaganda. Uh, capitalist propaganda's got some, <laughs> you're welcome, love capitalism. The t-shirts fit nice. They're really, really comfy. I like wearing them. I'm wearing a capitalist propaganda t-shirt right now. I don't think it's available yet. Um, but if you can see me, I'm wearing my Corruptifornia, which is a brand new capitalist propaganda. <laughs> if you live in California, you understand it better than most. Uh, but uh, capitalist propaganda will be selling this shirt very soon. Uh, I was the lucky one to get it before anybody else. But anyways, capitalist propaganda, tell your friends that their socialist ideas suck by wearing capitalist propaganda gear, capitalistpropaganda.us. Again, the website is capitalist propaganda.us uh actually relatively well priced too um you know some shirts are 35 bucks other t-shirts are uh uh 25 bucks this isn't this isn't 35 bucks this isn't 25 bucks 15.99 yeah pretty reasonable um so head on over to capitalistpropaganda.com get your favorite capitalist propaganda gear tell your socialist friends that their ideas suck um speaking of socialism slash communism china i don't know if you knew this we were in a Pretty contentious relationship with China at the moment. Um, fighting for world supremacy, uh, the global superpower leading the world on the world stage. It's pretty much us and China. 10, 15 years, India might be there too. Um, the EU could coalesce and that's a whole different thing. But basically, the United States, China, they outnumber us by like a billion people. So... In order to stay competitive, we have to make sure we're doing everything that we can to have the edge on the communist Chinese. Uh, the CCP has been in charge of China last, I don't know, 100 years. Uh, actually, I think that's actually accurate. I think they celebrated their 100-year anniversary uh, recently. Um, but China is, is our biggest threat from a geopolitical global um, stance. Um, basically what China does, just to give some context to this article, is an article in the Washington, or sorry, the Wall Street Journal. Um, to give some context, China develops relationships with various countries around the world in order to garner allegiance from them. What they do is they go build infrastructure, they give them money, they do XYZ for a specific country's uh, specific government. And in return, you know, China doesn't do anything out of the goodness of their hearts, right? So they expect something in return. And in return, those countries are now pretty much obligated to do whatever uh, the Chinese Communist Party says. And if they don't, China has the ability to really, really hurt them and their people. Um, it wasn't really clear or evident to a lot of these countries when they first got in. Um, but essentially, China has been a loan shark of sorts and digging their hooks into a lot of these third world countries. Um, you've got a lot of them in the in the South China Sea or the, the South Pacific region um, that China's done with. There's a lot of these African countries, Ethiopia in particular. Ethiopia has this thing called the Grand Renaissance Dam. Um, it's this big dam. It's this huge infrastructure project. Um, Ethiopia has dramatically increased the level of their infrastructure in the last decade, two decades. Um, big, huge projects, big, expensive projects. Where did they get the money to do all that? All comes from China. And in return, China expects allegiance from Ethiopia. Side note, 
Dr. Tedros, guy who runs the WHO, interestingly enough, comes from Ethiopia. Also, not a practicing physician. He has a doctorate in philosophy. Uh, so how does a not doctor from, not medical doctor from Ethiopia, a third world country, become the leader of the World Health Organization? China, that's how. Um, but anyways, that's what China does. They, they get their hooks in countries and they hold on and eventually, their plan is to have the allegiance of a lot of these smaller countries and essentially make them unstoppable in the future. So the United States is trying to counter that. A rare bipartisan program dedicates $60 billion for overseas infrastructure projects using cellular, uh, including cellular networks, vaccine production, and maybe even a crumbling Greek shipyard. This is a, an article, again, from the Washington, or sorry, from the Wall Street Journal. To counter China's rising global economic influence, Washington has taken a new direction with foreign assistance. Rather than just lend money or promote trade, as in recent decades, the U.S. is now investing dollars overseas to advance American national security interests. So, like we're talking about, China invests in all of these countries. They give them money. They give them infrastructure. They banking solutions, anything that they want, uh, uh, networking capabilities. China does all that stuff. The United States has decided, we're going to do that too. If you guys are going to promote whatever it is that you're you're doing or promote uh, Chinese uh, influence all over the world by giving people money and doing infrastructure products, the United States, in a bar bipartisan way, is saying, we're going to do the same thing. Um, we're going to compete with you at your own game. Um it wants ports, cellular networks, and other strategic assets to stay in friendly hands. At the forefront of this effort is an agency Congress overhauled in 2019, the International Development Finance Corp, or DFC. Uh, basically, like we were saying, the United States wants to compete with China in getting friends around the world. Uh, the Trump administration was quick to use the DFC, discussing purchasing a shipyard in Greece, uh, along with loans to Ethiopia to shun its 5G cellular equipment from China's Huawei technologies. Now, if you remember, China was at one point under contract to build the 5G network in the United Kingdom. The UK was going to contract with Huawei, a Chinese company. Now, remember, you don't do business in China unless you're in business with the Chinese government. So any foreign or any Chinese business is essentially the Chinese Communist Party. They've got their hooks and everything. They're super, super tied together. So when I say Huawei, know that that's also the Chinese government. Uh, the UK was really, really close. Boris Johnson was really, really close to solidifying a deal that would allow China and Huawei to build their 5G infrastructure. They eventually said no. Thank God. Uh, but Huawei is still a big player on the world stage and is building a 5G network in Ethiopia. Like we mentioned, Ethiopia has a ton of Chinese money and infrastructure going into all of their projects. And one of those projects wants to be the network solutions that are going to connect Ethiopia. Um, obviously, that would not be good for the United States. Um, so we're continuing the battle with China with all of the different uh, 
infrastructure possibilities around the world. The Biden administration wants to go further to offset Beijing's vaccine diplomacy and other efforts. The group of seven wealthy democracies last month announced a new initiative called Build Back Better World that promised to unleash hundreds of billions of dollars of projects in needier countries. It was designed as an explicit alternative to Chinese infrastructure offerings. So the Trump administration used it. The Biden administration is continuing it. Now, not often that I will give credit where credit is due, but this is a bipartisan issue. If we can't agree on the fact that we need to stop China in its tracks when it comes to them increasing to be the global dominant superpower, we're completely done as a country. We have to be able to agree on that. And the good news is the Biden administration is also pushing back on China. Now, obviously, they weren't for the longest time. Uh, Joe Biden called China a friend when they were running, when he was running for president uh, and was pretty soft on China. There's also the Hunter Biden situation, the totally fake Hunter Biden situation uh, with his Chinese investors. Uh, Hunter Biden, renaissance man. Uh, you know, it's not many, not, not, not often that you get to meet someone who uh, is a Ukrainian oil executive, a Chinese hedge fund investor, and also renowned artist, all while doing cocaine and uh, having relations with Strippers. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the Biden administration, while it was seemingly going to be a little softer on China, has kind of turned the ship and is going to take this seriously and compete with uh, China on the world stage in terms of getting people onto our side. Because realistically, that's what has to happen. Um, we need to have a situation where China can't run roughshod over the United States. Um, in a lot of the world where China is um, being more influential, we got to remember the reason behind that. A lot of these countries don't have enough money to do any of that sort of stuff. So that obviously makes sense. However, um, it is an interesting note. This is, again, somewhat off topic, but really ties into the whole situation of how we need to combat China in this economic way. Um, Taiwan is a great example that I think the United States needs to be looking towards. Taiwan is an offshoot of China. It's their own form of government. Um, it's their own country. Um, China does not agree with that. The Chinese Communist Party believes in the one China policy, which is Taiwan and China uh, and Hong Kong all are one thing. Um, we don't believe that China, uh, Taiwan is its own individual nation. They have their own government. They have their own um, military force that obviously isn't super um, massive, but it exists. Um, Taiwan also has an interest in getting developing countries in the South China Sea and the South Pacific on their side. And the way that they're doing that is being more intentional with their money. China goes in and just builds stuff. They just they just build a a big massive port. Um, I can't think of the country off the top of my head. I, I want to say it was um, Fiji, but I I could be wrong. Um, could be Turkulao. Um, could be one of those countries in the South Pacific. But again, while China wants these people as allies, Taiwan also wants them as allies. And like this United States situation, you're either on China's side, you're on the United States side. You're either on China's side, you're on 
Taiwan's side. Um, Taiwan, though, however, doesn't have nearly the financial capacity to compete with China on the level that China uh, can, because they don't have, they're not as big of a country. They're a tiny little island, and they don't have the Chinese infrastructure or the tiny Chinese economy that can bolster the infrastructure project in these small countries. So instead, Taiwan is intentional with what they do. China just goes in and builds big stuff. They spend, I don't know, hundreds of millions of dollars building a port somewhere. However, that's not necessarily what that country needs. Taiwan will go into that country and look at what the people there actually want and actually need. They'll coordinate with the government. In, in uh, one particular instance, again, I don't remember the island, um, China built this massive seaport and airport and big, big shipping logistics um, uh, gift, really. Um, but the problem is the island didn't really need that, and they didn't need it in the location that it was. What they really needed was a $10 million seawall that would stop the waves that would help erosion on a particular beach. Now, China went over here and built this big, massive infrastructure thing, and Taiwan built the seawall. So for a fraction of the price, Taiwan built something that the people of that country actually needed for pennies on the dollar to compare what China built. And those people appreciated the smaller gesture more because Taiwan was intentional about how they spend their money. All of that is to say that I hope that in the process of competing with China on these economic uh, third world country infrastructure projects, we are more intentional. Now, unfortunately, uh, History would prove that that is not the way that we're going to handle this. We're probably just going to throw money at it and say good luck, and hopefully they're on their side. But if anybody in the administration is listening, and I thank you for doing so, let's be intentional with how we spend the money. Um, Taiwan has accrued allies in such a way that has been completely outsized their economic ability and we just need to be that same we just need to have that same intentionality with what we're doing around the around the world um, when we go to Ethiopia and we try to keep, compete with China on their 5G Huawei technology let's do the same thing uh, that Taiwan is doing in those island countries and ask Ethiopia what do you actually need and how can we help keep you on our side because the last thing we want is all of these third world countries having their hooks dug into them by China and being in a situation where we're just out of luck. Um, anyways, that is most of our show today. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll get better at this. I promise. I know some of this is a little clunky. We're kind of figuring it out as we go. Thanks to our sponsors, Capitalist Propaganda. If you want your capitalist gear and want to tell your friends that their socialist ideas totally suck because they do, head on over to capitalistpropaganda.us. You can get a lot of cool different swag there. Um, and we will be back. Uh, obviously, this is a uh, show that doesn't necessarily air uh, on any regular basis. But when we're here, we're here and we have some really interesting guests coming up next week. So check back with the Joe Bob Show next week. Thanks for watching. We will see you next time. Actually, before we go, I got to 
plug my uh, quality control, the, the show I'm doing with Daily Caller. We have a super, super fun episode coming out um, next week or this weekend. I'm not actually sure. I probably should have known that. But my show Quality Control is live on Daily Caller. There's several episodes that you can watch. We cover critical race theory, the teachers unions during COVID, the rising violence, the border, all of that stuff. We got you covered. Quality control on Daily Caller. This week we're doing the election laws. The Texas Democrats just bounced, went to Washington. That was a whole kerfuffle. Um, but go ahead, check out Quality Control on Daily Caller, uh, and you'll like what you see. Thanks so much for watching. This is The Joe Bob Show. We will see you next time. <laughs>